Kendall Fuller is a go for Sunday, but what is going on with Daniel Jones? Are we going to see him? And I've got a bone to pick with the Sims family on how they've ranked Sam Howell. Good thing is we have Matt Sims joining us today on your Daily Commanders update for 20 October. Let's go. Greetings and salutations and welcome to your Daily Commanders update for 20 October here on Ref the District. I'm Nathan Perry. That's the Stoner and we are part of the Believe Network. We'll be joined by Matt Sims later to talk about Sam Howell and what we can expect. And is there a little hope on the horizon there? Uh, but first, we do want to give you your updates as far as the commanders are going. The first one up here, Stoner, is mm. Kendall Fuller is a go. In fact, as Nikki J points out here, everybody is a go for the Giants. How big is it that we have a healthy team seven weeks in yeah that that's huge we've talked about it a lot i mean you can say fedarian mathis right he's not healthy but he hasn't been healthy from the beginning uh i mean that's huge we're going into this game just we're going to talk about it but look how unhealthy the giants are compared to washington you don't have to be concerned about your stars being banged up you don't have to worry about oh how are we going to adapt to this guy being out or whatever you're a full go. Everybody's raring to go. Everybody's good to go. So, man, you can't beat that, Nathan. Health is uh, huge. The best ability is availability. And right now, everybody for Washington is available. Yeah, as you mentioned, the Giants not doing so good on mm -hmm. that front, missing a lot of their offensive linemen. And will we see Daniel Jones? Well, Dabble's being a little coy with us here, not having a designation for Daniel Jones. The big thing with Jones, as Dabble mentions, is the doctors have not yet cleared him for contact, and that's going to yeah. be the biggest thing. Uh, Dabble going on to say Andrew Thomas, Michael Sh John Michael Schmitz, and uh, Pert are out. Evan Neal, Adoree Jackson will be questionable per yeah. Dabble there, and Dag Duggan giving us the update on that for the Giants. That's Pretty big to see those out. And then no Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is 5-1-1 one, and one against mm -hmm. the Commanders. And as you pointed out, Stoner, a mobile QB that changes how this defense looks. With, with uh, Tyrod Taylor back there, they can run that Cinco package because they're not afraid of Jacoby Jones breaking containment. They can stop the run, force Jacoby, not Jacoby, but uh, force uh, Tyrod Taylor to yeah. beat this defense do you like our chances yeah it's it's a whole lot better game plan it fits into more the style of what washington likes to do and of course nobody likes going up against a, a mobile quarterback they're just so difficult to deal with regardless of the team's record i mean just look at chicago dealing with chicago and what justin fields can do caused washington to just kind of lay back and then he burned them left and right throwing the ball but that threat of running is just so huge for any quarterback, and Daniel Jones is that guy, especially against Washington, we'd rather face an immobile Tyrod Taylor on Sunday. But the the thing about uh, Taylor and the difference, or Daniel Jones and his issues with his neck and cleared for contact, like when it was Chase Young and he wasn't cleared for contact for weeks, well, he needs to have some contact in practice mm -hmm. before he can get out there. But with quarterbacks, that's different. You'd actually don't have contact in practice. 
And so he could be cleared on Saturday night, Sunday morning by a doctor, and he could play on Sunday. So just kind of keep an eye on that. But with their offensive line all banged up and everything, um, this is a good opportunity for Washington to go on the road and get a, a division victory. Well, there is certainly a lot of confidence. Our poll here on YouTube is showing Washington fans very confident. I would figure Washington themselves would be very confident, but Ron Rivera is trying to make sure he talks up the other team here. John Mm -hmm. Kime saying Ron Rivera on the banged up Giants offensive line to think they're just going to line up and open the door is crazy. These guys are professionals. Doesn't matter what the record is. Divisional games always bring a little something extra. Do you like that they're not trying to walk into a trap here, at least publicly, on thinking like they're going to curb stomp the Giants because they're hurting? Because you, goodness knows, we all thought the Bills were going to curb stomp the Giants last mm-hmm. week, and the Giants played that game very strong, which I think contributed to the fact that the line is very, very close here in Washington. Washington, of course, went confident into the Chicago game, and they get run out the door at their own home on prime time. So what do you make of the confidence level of this team in Ron Rivera's comments? Yeah, it's just good that the awareness is there, that that they're aware that they could be overconfident. So it's being addressed to them that you can't take any team lightly. You can't take the Arizona Cardinals lightly. Barely won that game. You can't take the Bears lightly. You got blown out by them. You can't take the Giants lightly. I don't care if the Giants are 0-6 and they haven't scored a point and they've lost every game 50 to nothing. It's going to be a battle no matter what when you play the Giants. And and it's like that every game, every year. So I just like that they're addressing it with the team and making sure they're not going in too overconfident. Let's hope it works and then they can be very, very confident at the end there. One of those things that's going to boost some confidence is a turnover. and Hopefully mm-hmm. Washington gets one because as Authentic shared with us today via John Schmilk, uh, going back to 2022 in games where the commanders have not had at least one takeaway, they are zero and eight. Mm. In games where they forced at least one takeaway, they're 11, three and one. Wow. That is a huge discrepancy here. Washington really needing to get a turnover in this. Shout out again to Authentic for uh, tagging us on that one so we can have it for your daily commander's update. Yeah, for so that's 23 game sample size. This is not something that just, you know, a couple of games here or there or whatever. A 23 game sample size is pretty big. So, man, that's telling. We hadn't looked that up or we hadn't seen that. We hadn't researched that. Basically, you don't get a turnover, you're going to lose. You get a turnover, you force a turnover, there's a pretty darn good chance that you win. So they've got to force. I mean, that's kind of standard in the NFL. Turnovers are a huge part of the game. You win the turnover battle, usually win the game. But this is telling. You only It doesn't say win the turnover battle either. It no, just says just gets force one, one turnover. turnover. Yeah. And you're probably going to win the game. So. We're going to be looking for that on this Sunday. That is definitely something we are going to look at. Now, uh, there's some public math going on there, Stoner. You mm-hmm. you said 24-game sample, correct? Yeah. Uh, but my math yeah. would say would be 0-8 plus 11-3-1 is not going to be 24 there. That's a little higher 
than that. You, what? 14? 14, 15. Plus All right. Eight. My public math. This is why we yeah. can't trust me. Uh, <laughs> but I definitely don't think we can trust you either here as we got your power rankings for yeah. the week yep. here. And uh, I love I love that Dallas remains last because they are yeah. absolutely the worst the worst uh some interesting drops you really dropped philadelphia there after they lost their game is that a little bit of that division hate as well or you really think philadelphia is only the eighth best team no there there's a little bit of that but let's be honest if you've seen every philadelphia game this year they have not looked like the team that represented the east or the nfc in the uh super bowl last year they have not been uh super sharp this year so there's a combination of it. They definitely needed to drop, uh, even after it's their first loss of the year. They definitely needed to drop a little bit more, just because they haven't haven't looked good. And and the team that they lost to, the New York Jets, not necessarily a good team. And the way they lost, mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts. Some of those interceptions late in the game were atrocious. They were just bad decisions and bad plays. So sorry they had to drop that far. But yeah, I mean. I would take these other NFC East teams in this ranking, which is San Francisco and Detroit. Right now, I'd put them higher than Philadelphia. They've they've looked really good. Yep, no argument here. Those two teams definitely looking pretty good. The New York Giants, who we face on Sunday, not looking good. You have them towards the bottom of your rankings as well. Washington jumped up to 18, which is pretty significant. And for them to continue climbing in the rankings – Sam Howell is going to have to perform the way that we know he can. And to talk about Sam Howell's performance, we're bringing on from the Believe Network, from Sims Complete, son of Phil Sims, we have Matt Sims here, former NFL QB, joining us here on Ref the District. Matt Sims, thank you for joining us here on Ref the District. You have uh, quite the experience both in college and the NFL. Of course, your your dad, uh, who we despise greatly uh <laughs> but respect uh it's mutual own- <laughs> uh by him by his standards as well <laughs> yeah that's fair that's absolutely fair my my question for you is within all of that i looked at your nfl stats and you were sacked at like a 11 rate uh with all the the snaps that you saw in regular season action what's it feel like to get just bamboozled by a guy who's twice your size <laughs> uh bamboozled is uh is the perfect <laughs> word to describe that uh that moment um what does it feel you know when you have the adrenaline of the moment when you're playing the game that you've been playing your entire life you, you really don't uh don't think about the car crash that is that is ensuing and uh it, it is only till later that evening or that next day where you're like, wow, what happened? Why does my rib cage or, oh, that's right. A uh, 395 pound man, you know, ran full speed into my ribs. That's why it hurts. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's one of those things that the adrenaline really does do a great job of, uh, of covering all of that stuff. <laughs> so I got to ask you, uh, Matt, I, I'm trying to figure out, I'm sure there's the Tennessee angle, but why do you hate the university of Florida so much? <laughs> I, I don't understand the, the great, Gainesville is a beautiful place in the middle of nowhere in Florida. <laughs> Why do you hate the University of Florida so much? I'm a stoner. It's too early to drink, my friend. I mean, I know you Gators <laughs> fans are crazy, but you know, yeah. don't don't be drinking this early in the morning. Now, yeah. um, it, it, hey, I don't I don't hate 
Florida by any means. Uh, they they got me once as the starter. They got me when I was the backup at Tennessee. Uh, unbelievable experiences. I played against my high school teammate in Justin Tratow, who played defensive mm. end for Florida. And uh, and that was pretty cool. Like the second play of the game, he hit me uh, when we were playing each other in, in Neyland St- Stadium and uh, tons of great moments. Unfortunately, they, they both resulted in L's. Uh, but but memories that I look very fondly on uh, back back in my playing days. You say unfortunately, I say fortunately. <laughs> That's they, right. That's how the game of football it. goes, right? That's right. Definitely a game of uh, of inches there, wins and losses, and uh, and and a lot of that gets attributed to QB play. So I'm sure you were given the the L from a lot of the media back then in the day. And right now, Sam House taking a lot of L's from media and content creators on how many times he's been sacked. And it, I mean, QB, that's a, that is a QB stat, right, Matt? This is, you know, sacks can be attributed to QBs. It, it depends. Uh, of course, they can be and are a part of uh, the QB and how he plays the football game. It could also be attributed to the offensive coordinator and how he's calling the game. It could also be attributed to most obviously to the offensive line and how they're protecting. So it, it is a stat that is a conglomerate that is reflective of the entire offensive unit as a whole. Yeah. So with, with oh, Stoner, go ahead. No, I was just going to kind of add on to that. Is that something is a sack, you know, the quarterback's issue. Is that something that can be, taught or learned out of his quarterback DNA, or is it just something, you know, like a Russell Wilson has never gotten it out of his DNA. Is that just something that we're going to have to live with as fans or can he get it coached out? No, you can absolutely improve on that. You you really can your, your offensive line, your play calling your scheme, the awareness and experience of playing the position can absolutely improve with those things. And it, it, it goes to, to say with anything else that we do in life, you really just need experience and repetition to get to that point. You know, unfortunately for all of us who had played the position of quarterback, you don't get the longest grace period to figure it out. So mm-hmm. it has to be something that is remedied uh, sooner rather than later with Washington. Uh, but I thought Sam Howell so far, we, we have to really remember here as far as where he is in his career. I mean, this is a guy that is making his first start, first starts as a starting quarterback. For the Washington Commanders, Uh, of course, that comes with just a lot of responsibility. The Commanders, I'm not really sure what your fans were expecting this year. I don't know if there was Super Bowl, you know, hopes on the horizon. I certainly was not expecting that of your team. You've played extremely competitive and tough in a lot of football games. And your young quarterback is learning on the fly in, in in the fire pit. And he has shown multiple times throughout the year that he is more than capable of making dynamic power throws down the field, extending plays with his legs and playing tough and being resilient. And those are all really good character traits that you want to see in your quarterback. So Sam Howell's been playing football for, for a long time. He had a lot of experience in college and he had the sack issue in college. Now you're talking about him being a first year starter here. How much changes going from college to that NFL speed that we hear about? (laughs) Yeah. So fortunately for me, I played in the SEC. So, you know, I was playing against guys that were like as fast as some of the NFL teams that we played. Mm -hmm. Uh, That being said, the style of the game is vastly different. 
Whereas in college, I'm sure Sam Howell got sacked a bunch of times, but then they just kept throwing the ball aggressively down the field without any regard as far as the situation or what was actually taking place in the game. Cause at the end of the day, they were thinking, let's just score 50 something points and just outscore the team. Those type of ways of winning don't exist in the NFL game. Sacks are extremely important for field position, for momentum, right? And it, it, it has to be played in a different scope when you're playing the quarterback position in the NFL game, whereas the best play really always ends in a kick, whether it's an extra point, a punt, or a field goal. And that's something that I think a young quarterback has to understand, you know, especially in the NFL, that you are really going to lo- lose the majority of your drives. The majority of your drives in the NFL are not going to be successful. And he has to kind of learn to toe that line of being managing the expectations of the game and the certain situation that you're in, but then also knowing when to take calculated risks and be aggressive to win the game. You know, there's there's a lot of talk, uh, of course, around Washington. We've talked about sacks seem to be the biggest issue with Sam. We've seen, you've already talked about it a little bit. You've seen his toughness and his ability to understand uh, defenses and of course his arm talent. There's, there's no doubt about his arm talent as well, but is he going to get the sort of rope that a normal, like a first round guy gets because the team has invested so much him being a fifth rounder. Will he get the same amount of rope to be able to fix those things that are troubling him at this point? Like a Zach Wilson might get more rope than say a Sam Howell. Is that a thing? Or is that just kind of a way fans look at it? No, that is a thing. That is a, an absolute real thing. Uh, I, I to to just share some nostalgia from my own career and experience. Uh, Geno Smith and I were teammates with the New York Jets, uh, and Geno was struggling as the starting quarterback there. And uh, I specifically remember that you know there was people on the team that that thought that I should have been the starter, that I should have played, and I was one of those guys that made the team from the the rookie mini camp all the way through minicamp and and basically made the team because Mark Sanchez got hurt in a preseason game. And then I played extremely well uh, replacing him. And, uh, you know, the truth was is that I probably was playing better quarterback than Geno Smith at that specific moment and probably should have played. But at the same time, the, the business of the NFL wasn't going to allow that to happen. Geno Smith is a better quarterback than me. There's no doubt about that. And he's proving that week in and week out every week that he steps on the field. But at that moment, you know, I probably was seeing the field a little bit more clearly, maybe had a little bit better understanding of what we were trying to do and, and really wasn't going to, you know, make, you know, situations worse. At the same time, it's easy for me to say that because I was the backup quarterback and I didn't actually play. So mm-hmm. Um, you know, the hierarchy of football is true to some extent in Sam Howell's case, you know, the, really the question mark will be, does Ron Rivera, you know, retain his job at the end of the year, depending on how you guys finish, how much will management change with the new ownership after this season? Um, Sam Howell learning a new offense with Eric Bieniemy, which as cliche as it is, it is always extremely tough when you've only been in a new offense for a short period of time. So this is a guy that we saw do tremendously well at North Carolina because he had the same offense coordinator, essentially his entire reign there. And he knew it like the back of his hand in this situation with Eric B enemy. There's probably been a lot of growing pains in the, the film room and, uh, and Eric B is a coach that expects uh, a high level of understanding of his team and of his players. And we've seen that so far with how he carries himself 
and his product that he has put in the field uh, in previous years with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, it's a very going to be a very interesting thing there for Sam Howell as he had Scott Turner his rookie year. Now Eric Bieniemy. If things don't go as planned this season for Washington, he'll be a third offensive coordinator in three years for, uh, like you said, a fifth round pick from the previous regime. That might play into whether or not that next uh, regime decides to keep him. Now the current regime, Eric Bieniemy and Ron Rivera are putting him out there and letting him sling it. Uh, right. Oftentimes, you know, seems to maybe be the detriment of drives to, uh, to throw there. That's that experience you're talking about, right? Like that, that he can improve from how many reps will it take to kind of see improvement. And I know it varies from player to player, but how many do you think that he's going to need before we see a kind of a finished product on Sam Howell? Yeah, that uh, that's a difficult one to answer because every individual is going to be a little bit different. And keep in mind, it just is important too for Eric Bieniemy and his reps with Sam Howell to understand this is the certain group of plays that this young man really seems to understand and move quickly through and make the right decision, play in and play out. These are the other group of plays that he seems to struggle with. How can I recreate more of the positive plays for him? How can I be more uh, creative in making sure that the ones that he does do well, I can essentially just you know dress it up a different way so he still gets the advantage against the defense. We're still being creative but yet we're still maximizing what this young man does extremely well. So there is no exact number count. Um, you know, the good thing is, is that he does have good skill guys around him that will help alleviate some of those things. The confidence thing will continue to go up if they just start to win a few of these tougher games late. Um, you know, even the Philadelphia Eagles game, you know, that's one that just to me like sticks in my brain right now with the Washington Commanders. Mm -hmm. You know, in that situation, he makes a great throw to send you into overtime to kick the kick the extra point. I say, you know, go for it on the mm -hmm. two point conversion. Let so him win the game. If he wins the game for you, who knows what that would have done for that individual at that moment? Mm -hmm. So uh, a lot of that has to do with just having a little bit of a, a moment of success to realize that you can do it at that high level for it then to snowball into to greater successes down the road. Matt, I, re I really like, I really enjoy watching the podcast that you have, the Sims Complete podcast, you and your dad debate. And you not only debate quarterbacks or talk about quarterbacks, but you talk about defenses and offenses, you know, in general. Right. Here's a question. Here's a debate we're having on our show. We have <laughs> complete difference of opinion on this. <laughs> what do you think, should an offense design their game plan based on their strengths or should they design a game plan based on how to attack the defense and the weaknesses of that defense? What, and I know it's a combination, but what do you look at more the weakness of the defense or your strengths? When you are evaluating yourselves week in and week out as far as what your offense is, when you're evaluating the team that you're going against week in and week out, it, it is truly a combination of the two. I feel like in the media world, we are just so like, it's either this or it's that, you know? And yeah. the truth is, is that, that both are true in this situation. And 
you're going to watch film uh, of your, your next opponent. You're going to see what the other team did extremely well against them. And then you were going to try to formulate a way that makes sense to your own language and verbiage as far as how to take advantage of what that team did. Uh, and then to play off of that and to increase it even more in volume. Um, it, that being said, you know, when a defense struggles against something, what do you think they're doing that entire week? You know, they are mm. extremely focused on making sure, you know, this team ran for 150 on us. We got to make sure that they they don't, you know, have these explosive runs against us. Mm. So it is a constant battle of that, that give and take. Um, you, you constantly, I would say the best coaches that I've been around seem to focus more internally on their players and what they do best and maximizing that as much as possible while filling in the holes of what the defense is, you know, presenting them as a potential weakness to their game. And, and that's where I think you see a lot of the great teams, you know, it, it looks a little bit the same each and every week. But if you went and watched the film, you would say like, ah, oh, this was a little unique this week. They did this motion to get this player open against this coverage. So that's the the difference, I think, between the really talented offenses, uh, the really talented defenses that really seem to kind of show up each and every week, and why some other teams seem to kind of always struggle with the same things week after week. So we've talked a lot about what Sam Howe could potentially fix and him working with Eric Bienemy and learning and everything. What are the things that you've seen from Sam Howe that he does well that Washington fans should be excited about? Well, one is dude is clearly not gun shy in the pocket. You know, he's clearly, you know, stands tough in the pocket, has good pocket awareness. Uh, I do think that he has a more than capable and strong enough NFL arm to throw the football vertically down the field, to throw it outside the numbers, all that kind of stuff. What I think he needs to get a little bit more accustomed to is what we kind of mentioned earlier is you know, sacks are important momentum breakers in the game. And I'd rather see, you know, throws where he is kind of just taking what the defense gives them in, let's say, a third and nine situation. You know, instead of holding on to the football to throw that 12-yard route, put the football in play in a check down situation, let the guy hopefully run for that extra six or seven yards that he needs, and then you know, put your team in a position to say, all right, are we going to go for it? Or are we going to, we going to punt the football? You know, those plays where it's like the micro successes for the quarterback, I think have really grand, uh, you know, compounding effects for a quarterback psychologically and also for the play caller too. But when there's that indecision and that sack because of the indecision, um, because you're not quite sure exactly what you're seeing, you know, that's where you, you get a little concerned. So, when you're not sure, move on, go. Trust your instincts, cut it loose, rely on your fundamentals, move on to the next play, and don't really worry about necessarily being absolutely perfect. A lot of great quarterbacks in the NFL right now turn down massive plays week in and week out because they're just trying to stay within the rhythm of the game, knowing that if they do that, those plays will occur again for them and then also allow them to make the play that's most importantly late in the football game. Uh, my last question for you, Matt, what's it like working with your dad uh, and doing something that you obviously are passionate about football and working with your dad? You know, I don't know if you do it every day or once a week or whatever. How cool is that <laughs> that you get to do that for a living? 
Yeah, that was uh, that was really kind of the the whole premise of our show. Sims Complete was the fact that we did a show every day, every week of the year, and we're like, why are we not uh, at least enjoying this uh, in a more formal setting? And uh, it, it really is special. Um, you know, my father has just been an unbelievable part of my life, whether I liked it or not. When I was younger in my teenage days, when I was angry and hated the world, I mean, the dude was just awesome and. Um, you know, I'm really honored to, uh, to be raised by a man of his, his stature and character, um, because, you know, he's, he's first my father and then he was NFL, you know, uh, giants legend quarterback. And, uh, that's how I always saw it and viewed it. And, uh, it, it's so special to, to share the game that we love with each other, to have some laughs, to talk football. And to uh, introduce him to this podcast world, too, which he seems to like a lot uh, <laughs> more so than the studio stuff that he does with CBS. <laughs> well, it's got to be better than working with your your brother. Uh, Chris, by the way, <laughs> ranked Sam Howell at 39 out of 40 QBs oh. uh, this year. Where would you put line. Sam Howell? Because we need we need us we need Sims to correct themselves on this because there's no way he's the 39th out of 40. Well, he's clearly one of 32. I know that, right? So <laughs> he's clearly uh, 32 at worst. Uh, as far as the ranking specifically, I don't know, man. You know, uh, <laughs> that's a tough one. You know, but I, I think Sam definitely has the ability to be one of those guys that is a top 20 quarterback in the NFL, a top 15 quarterback talent in the NFL. You know, we see guys that, that, you know, aren't as talented as Sam, you know, getting the job done at a very high level. So uh, I, I'm one of those people that is extremely optimistic, you know, as far as how I was as a player, how I view the football game too. Uh, we could always be very hard at individuals in the moment, but I also, you know, have that that thought of, you know, they, they can right their wrongs and, and they absolutely should. That's what makes our country great. That's what makes this game great is that, uh, you know, you could be beaten on one day, but then you could be on the top of the mountain the next day. And, you know, I think Sam Howell absolutely has uh, has a lot of ingredients that make him uh, in a position to do that. Well, we've got one more opportunity for you to make Commanders fans happy, Matt. <laughs> okay. Washington heads up to New York to take on your dad's <laughs> Giants. Who wins Sunday? Yeah, I'm sorry, Washington Commanders fans. You know, uh, I, I, yeah, you can put any sound effects you want, man. But uh, I mean, I grew up in New Jersey, bro. I, I love the Jets. I love the Giants. Uh, more specifically, the Giants, the Jets, because I played for them. And uh, yeah, I'm going to root for the Giants in that game. So, uh, you know, sorry, guys, but. Uh, go big blue in this one for sure. <laughs> Man, I tried to have us end on a happy note, Matt. You just, you just tanked it. You took the sack here on Ref the District. We do. Well, appreciate... 11% of the time you said that I do yeah. that. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do appreciate you jumping on here on Ref the District with us and talking about Sam Howe and your experience as an NFL QB. Make sure you check out Matt and his dad, Phil, on Sims Complete here on the Believe Network. I'm Nathan. That's the Stoner. We are Ref the District. And until next time. Here, the Giants are taking an L this week. And on Christmas Eve, the Jets are taking an L. <laughs> Be a fan. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs>
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.